This is Jules, lead pastor of TFH Oakland. We exist so that people far from God can experience a fulfilled life in Christ. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online at TFH Oak or visit us at tfhoak.church. TFH Oakland, Pastor Jules here. Thank you so much for joining us. We're in 2022, baby. If you made it this far, praise God for that. Man, I'm really excited about this year and I'm looking to start this year off right. You know, I had to dust off these duds, wanting to start the year off right and really set the tone for the rest of my year is going to look like. I don't know about you, but when it comes to making a New Year's resolution, I fail at it every time. But what I do love to do is to center myself. I love taking the first month of the year to center myself and begin to ask God, God, how do I get my intentions? How do I get my attention, my focus in order that I can really make significant impact and change in my life and lay a strong foundation to build upon? Well, that's what we want to do in January. We want to center ourselves. And that's why we're starting this new series called Centered. It's about centering our focus. It's about centering our beliefs and our unbeliefs. And it's about centering our desires, making sure that we line up, that if we're followers of Jesus, or maybe we're new to following Jesus, that we're living according to his word, living according to his way, which ultimately leads to life and joy and relationships and healing. You know, when I look at my life, there have been moments when I've become uncentered or distracted. There have been moments in my life where I've allowed the exterior drivers to dictate and determine my intensity, my focus, where I've allowed my intentions to go unguarded and find myself drifting. Well, before we start drifting, how about we start focusing and putting intention to our decisions? I want to read a few verses of scripture. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We love God's word. We believe that God's word is inspiring and inspires us to live a life that fully focuses on Jesus. And we believe that his truth is ultimately the way to life. And I would even say that I've seen this so evidently in my life, that trusting the teaching, centering and building my life upon Christ has never failed me. You know, as I was preparing, I was thinking about a moment where I was actually distracted and I really wasn't centered. I was probably in my early 20s and I was ready, I thought, to be into a serious relationship. And so I was attracted to a beautiful lady and the relationship began to progress and one thing led to another and I found myself engaged. I proposed and I felt like I was on this journey and before I knew it, I realized, wait a minute, I'm about to commit to something that I'm not sure if I'm prepared for. And I had overcommitted. Man, I had wrote checks that my heart could not cash. And I remember in that moment where I had to back off, I had to nullify, I had to stop the marriage, stop the wedding before it started in the middle of engagement. It was devastating. And I remember that in that season of that life, I was so distracted. I was so focused on the exterior things, what people thought, how people considered me. Would they like me more if I made this decision? And I'm sure none of you are that immature. I'm sure you are none of that, that, that petty. But in that season of my life, I was so focused on having significance with my appearance than what was really going on the inside of me. I was broken. And God wanted to bring restoration to me. But rather than working from the outside in, the way that Jesus brings restoration to lives, he works from the inside out. 
And there was a moment where Jesus begins to address this person who is so fixated on the appearance that Jesus has to come over to his house and begin to realign his heart so that he can be centered in the truth. In Luke chapter 11, verse 37, Jesus is invited over for dinner. It says, when Jesus had finished speaking of Pharisees, this was a religious person had invited him to eat with him. And so when he went and in and reclined at the table, but the Pharisees were surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, now then, Pharisee, clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people did not know the one who made the outside make the inside also. But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Jesus confronts this Pharisee who thought he was more pious, more religious than Jesus. And Jesus confronts this Pharisee and he begins to tell them, you're so fixated on the outside, but you're ignoring the inside of your life. You know, I think that God wants to make a change in this year. And in 2022, I believe that God wants us to be re-centered. He wants us to align our hearts and he wants our focus to be completely on him. You know, many times when it comes to us being distracted or disconnected from the realities of Jesus and his hope and design for our lives, many times we struggle with expectations. Look at this. Jesus goes over to have a meal with one of the Pharisees. And as he's sitting down and having that meal, the Pharisee begins to judge Jesus. He begins to say like, man, this cat's not going to wash his hands. Doesn't he know, man, there's a whole bandibbit going on. And he begins to judge Jesus. And Jesus is so legit. He's so truthful. He's so present that he recognizes this Pharisee's judgment, and he begins to speak to him. And what the way that Jesus speaks to this Pharisee, who is disconnected, who has lost his sinner, Jesus begins to talk to him about expectations. And I love this about Christ, because the way that we want to be centered, it requires us to deal with expectations. So how do we center our focus in a society that is always lobbying for our attention with so many distractions, so much pressure to perform, to meet those expectations, to meet those ideals? And let's just be honest, we're not just dealing with our own expectations. We're dealing with the expectations of an entire world. You know, one of the groups of people that I feel compassion for more than anybody is middle school and high school students. I remember when I went to school, it was like, yeah, you were in competition with like 30 other guys. Now you're in competition with 30 million people. The pressure to present a certain way, to look a certain way, or to not look a certain way, or to not appeal this way, or to not appear in a certain way. There's a lot of expectations. And if you are Jesus and the world is watching every move that you make, and you are sitting down with one of the most religious, self-righteous groups of people, how would you handle this situation? Well, what Jesus does is this. 
he begins to address the expectation head on. Jesus looks at the, the Pharisee and the Pharisee's like, oh, got judgment in his heart. I can't believe he, he, he didn't wash his hands. Doesn't he know that as a religious person, especially a Jew, that he should be, put, be, be clean above all things? But Jesus responds this way in verse 38, but putting expectations in their place. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash before the meal. And Jesus looks at him. The Lord said to him, now then you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but you don't focus on the inside. You see, this was not an issue of hygiene. This was an issue of holiness. Jesus addresses the issue with this religious teacher. What he's saying is this, don't superimpose your ideals of what a teacher is supposed to be on me. See, Jesus understood that for him to be able to live a centered life, he had to be centered in the Father. He had to be centered in God's approval. If you want to live a life that has your center focused, to have the core of who you are able to weather the storm, you have to put expectations in its proper place. You see, we live with these ideals, but these ideals were never intended nor presented to us by God. God gives us one ideal, to love him and to live for him completely. And everything else should pale and fade into the background, into that reality. And what Jesus does is this. He comes and he confronts a group of people that have built up righteousness, holiness, their own ideology, their own way of performance, their own understanding of what it looks like to be rich, to be famous, to be uh, spectacular, to be amazing, to be professional. And Jesus says, your ideals do not work for me in my relationship with God. Now, this can be very dangerous because there are a lot of people that are like, don't put labels on me. I'm going to be whatever I want. I'm going to be a dolphin. I'm going to be a kangaroo. I mean, there are so many things that people are fighting against. Jesus is not fighting against a label. He's not fighting against a group. He's not fighting against an idea. What he's fighting against is an unrealistic expectation that was coming from one particular group to perform in such a way and that you cannot be considered godly or holy unless you do it this way. And Jesus addresses that. You see, one of the things that we have to understand is that we're not in a battle against labels. We're in a battle against unrealistic expectations. And if there's any ideal that we are going to be the center of our lives, it should look like Jesus and no one else. When we begin to add to Jesus, we're no longer following Jesus. When we begin to say, if order for you to be holy, in order for you to be lovable, in order for you to be considered righteous, that you need to have this. Your kids need to be in homeschool. You can't be vaccinated or you need to be vaccinated. When we begin to add these ideals to Jesus, it is no longer Jesus and it creates distraction because we're fo focusing on external factors rather than what it really means to follow God. You see, what Jesus is addressing is this. The Pharisees got their power from observing religious behavior. This was positional authority. But Jesus's authority came from a personal relationship with God. Look at this in the book of Matthew. Before Jesus had performed any miracle, any sign, any wonder, Jesus meets with his cousin and is baptized. And God's affirmation, God's pleasure is immediately recognized when he begins to say these words. 
And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If you want to live a centered life, your goal has to be to stay in the center of God's pleasure. Ask yourself this morning, is there anything in my life that would be displeasing to God? Is there anything that I've allowed to distract me that would be displeasing to God? Is there anything that has stolen my attention and my intentions that would be displeasurable to God? You know, Jesus understood something that I think we miss many times, that our goal in life is not even to please ourselves or to please others, but is to have the pleasure of God over our lives. And when we look at God and God looks at us, we can look at him in peace. We can look at him with comfort because we know that we have surrendered completely to him. And when God looks at our lives, he can see a son and a daughter that has made a commitment to follow him, to follow longingly, lovingly after him and has put all other expectations aside to guide their lives. In 2022, let's get centered. Let's deal with those distractions and let's put expectations in their proper place. You know, when we talk about expectations, uh, I remember when Lonnie and I probably just became parents and we met with a counselor and that counselor said something that was pretty shocking. They were like, you know, you guys are both pretty intense people and you have a particular way of doing things. And if you're not careful, you're going to put unrealistic expectations on your kids. It was something that always had stuck with me because I realized that expectations can be a determining factor in our development. Most importantly, in how we relate to other people and how we relate to God. But one of the things that Jesus begins to speak about and what he's warning this Pharisee from becoming is being so preoccupied with the exterior, the outside, that they ignore what's going on beneath the surface. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, did not God make the outside and the inside? What Jesus is doing, he's establishing a value and a principle. And what he's saying is this. If God created both, then both are important. What goes on behind closed doors, what goes on when no one else sees is equally, if not more important to God. You see, one of the things that I love about that is uh, uh, seeing God being focused on the inside is God. God wants to heal from the inside out. Uh, years ago, I remember I had got a trainer and the trainer was brought me in and they started uh, what I thought we were going to be running and lifting weights and doing calisthenics and doing all of these other things. But we spent the first month just working on core. Probably like the second week into it, I'm a little bit fed up. I'm like, what the heck are we doing? We're focusing on the core. And what they were saying is this, if we don't establish the core correctly, you're going to miss out on the mobility, the strength to be able to support all of the other functions. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. If we don't work at our, on our intentions, our focus of what's going on, it's going to affect every other area of our lives. You see, one of the things about the exterior and the interior, focus on the outside and the inside, is that sometimes we may look very similar to this balloon. Now, this balloon is probably on the end of its life. But what happens is, is this balloon right now, it's filled up with helium. It's ready to go. It's got intentions. It's got everything that it needs in order for it to float, to survive, to sustain itself. 
And many of us live that way, that God has given us a purpose. God has given us a vision. God has given us a clear idea of what we're supposed to do. But something that is extremely important when it comes to being centered is also remaining connected. You see, one of the things that I see in so many people is that many people have determination, but they don't really have a destination of where they're going. And so they have all of the ability to perform well, to excel, to exceed, but they're disconnected. They don't have the right people in their life that are going to anchor them. They don't have the right support, or the right structure or the right systems in their lives. And so what happens? They begin to drift. Man, they look really good. but they left everybody behind. And that's what was going on with the Pharisees. They had got so preoccupied with the exterior of what they thought was elitism that they began to drift. They began to add. They began to put unrealistic ideas and ideals on themselves and on others, but they were disconnected from the center. And Jesus says is this, in order for you to be centered, you got to deal with those expectations and put them in the right place. You got to have concern, not only what's going on, on the outside, but what's going on, on the inside. And what Jesus was teaching us is we have to remain connected to the father and to each other. You see, I think back on my life, there have been things that have driven me, that have pushed me, that have caused me to excel. But it's having those people in my life that have anchored me and have taught me to stay grounded in God. You see, the half-brother of Jesus in the book of James begins to deal with this dichotomy that people struggle with, that people want to put on a facade, that they're faith-filled, but they're not willing to walk it out. And it says this in James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says that I have faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one and you do well. Even the demons believe that and shudder. What James is talking about is this, a baseline of faith. And he says this, that even demons shudder because they believe in Jesus. They believe in God. But what they're doing is, is this, they're only focusing on one aspect of their faith, a faith that is disconnected from truth, a faith that is based on performance, not a faith that is based on and eccentric and intrinsic to what's going on when it comes to the heart and the reality and the love and the message of Jesus. You want to live in dead works? Live disconnected. Live disconnected from faith. Live disconnected by allowing your faith to be separate from what God has called you to do. You see, as we begin to start off this series and start off the year, there are a few things that I believe that God wants us to do in order to not only find connection, but to really create centered focus. You see, when our intention and attention are centered on the kingdom, we live a life of uninterrupted focus. You see, the Pharisees had drifted from truth and find themselves being disconnected. In the month of Jan January, let's get centered. 
Let's get centered in our intentions. Let's get centered in our body. Let's get centered in our connections. I want to ask you this morning that as we begin to come to a close, are you disconnected from community? Has your focus become disoriented? Have you become distracted? Maybe you need a small group. Maybe you need a group of people and maybe you've been putting it off finding that connection. Maybe God has been calling you to take that next step and say, hey, I need to fully commit my life to Christ. I need to get baptized. I need to just go to that next level. Don't allow the external, don't allow excuses to stop you from allowing your intentions and your attention to come together to live that centered life. In the month of January, we're going to start a 14-day fast. You were scared. You thought I was going to say 40 days. 14-day fast starting next Sunday, January 9th. And this is a way of centering ourselves, allowing all the other distractions that stop us from fully focusing on God and community. And in this month, we're going to come together for our pursuit. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. And we're going to begin to spend time asking, God, how do you want me to focus and be centered in 2022? I'm believing that God has some amazing things for us this year. And if we don't eliminate those distractions, direct our intentions, get our body in order, get our focus in order, we're going to find ourselves drifting. But God called us to be centered and to be centered on him, not just to focus on the outside, but to also deal with the things on the inside. And we're going to put our faith where our works is. Let me pray for you as we come to a close. Father, we thank you that you're a God, not only of provision, but you're a God of vision and clarity. And I pray for every person that is listening to this message that has find themselves drifting. Maybe they've come up to a place where they just become religious and just gone through the routine and the motions. We pray, Lord, during this season that you would center our hearts, our focus would be on you, and we would live a life of true fulfillment of seeing people that are far from Christ find hope in you. We ask, Lord, that you would connect us, keep us in relationship with the right people that we can be anchored rather than drifting further and further away. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with me, I'm believing that God does not want you to live this life alone. Please connect with us. Even if this is the top of the year, if you have not come in person, maybe you're a little bit leery. I want to encourage you. Make this church your home. Get connected. Find community. Find a small group. Don't make any more excuses. We've learned from anything in the last two years this. If we don't live our lives out of God's intentions and leadership, someone else will make decisions for us. And I believe that God has called us to make decisions that are aligned with him. And so we can't wait to see you. We'll see you January 9th, 9.30. Let's rock. Let's go after God. And let's start this year off right. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online or visit tfho.church.